Welcome to Whiskey and Whiskers, episode two, version... Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm your host, Blake. Chris. Chop. Gator. And today we have a special guest, Ron, with Garage Oil American Badass Whiskey. What's up, gentlemen? Before we get started, let me just say this, just for your listeners so they know. When you look around the room, I've got the biggest, baddest fucking beard in this room. Bro. Hell yeah! Yeah! Woo! I got the big, bushy one. Hell yeah. We gotta get him his own chair for it, right? <laughs> right. Did you see our uh, <laughs> our promotional beards up here? We're, we're, we've been flexing the beards. We're gonna try and uh, post that to Instagram pretty soon. But uh, Ron, tell us tell us a little bit about Garage Oil American Badass Whiskey. Well, just like you just emphasized that badass, there is no whiskey out there like this. Where, like, Ooh. first of all, what other product in the world calls itself badass right on the bottle? Right. And Garage Oil American Badass Whiskey is unlike any other whiskey in the world. Just because, first of all, you guys have seen this damn bottle I'm holding. The the coolest freaking label with this hot rod on the front. This is like the old gas clubs. Remember those old pumps where they mm-hmm. had the branding on top. And then this is like a piss and there's ribs in that. But here's why I did this. You know how you walk into a bar and you look across the room and you see something like a maker's mark, right? And you see that red wax. And you know immediately whether you're drinking makers or not, you go, oh, they've got maker's mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. Once people see this, from now on, if you're a half a mile away and you start to see the bottles on the, on the shelf, you're going to pick this out and you're going to go, yeah, they got garage oil. Yeah. So this is extra subliminal branding in people's heads because it's just so unusual and cool. So it's smart. And the flavor is something I created. And we get into how that happened too. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, let's we'll definitely yeah, show us yeah. how it's done. <laughs> you guys want to experience this stuff? Yeah. I want to, man, yeah. however it's supposed to be experienced. Now, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. We shoot, we shoot shots on the show. That's what, that's what we do. Um, and we're going to get to that. But if there's a, a better way to drink it, then then we want to try. Well, I just want people to know there is no right or wrong way to drink garage oil. It's a liquor and a whiskey like any other whiskey. You don't have to baby it. You, you can do whatever you want to with it. But I'm just going to say this. Just so you see what was in my head when I invented it, uh, there's a particular way just to get the full flavor effect, okay? And that is that it took me a freaking year to develop this flavor profile. And that, that's no bullshit. I went around and first of all, I had to find the base, right? The, the whiskey that I was going to use to start this with. So we don't have a distillery. I contract a distillery and mm-hmm. it's a big distillery in South Carolina. Which is like 90% of all whiskey you see on the shelf, right? Right. It uses yeah. a base that... Um, yes. Exactly. And then creates a flavor profile. People don't even know that the big brands they think are that brand's distillery, they're made by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. But however, I will tell you that we're looking for our own distillery, but we'll, we'll worry cool. about that later. Cool. But anyway, so what I wanted to do was, <clears throat> is find the right base, right? So I, I had all these people send me their, their whiskeys, and so I chose finally one that I thought was perfect for what I wanted to do. The goal was to make a better... This is a flavored whiskey, truly, but it's not really. It's a it's an enhanced whiskey, and I did that because um, I, I just when I decided to do this, I know that I didn't walk in here with twenty million bucks, and I'm not going to start challenging, you know, while the big brands on the shelves are off the bat. But I knew that I could make a better freaking whiskey than Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. I hate that shit. <laughs> I hate it. I but- do drink Fireball like I'm just in the in the. Name of honesty. I do drink Fireball one time a year, and that's when we're skiing, right? <laughs> when you're on the mountain, that's the only... And it's horrible the entire time, and you throw up all the way back down the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But when, it, when in Rome, I feel like you have to drink Fireball. Other than that, I try my best to stay away from Fireball. Yep. I, I can see up there skiing with a little bottle under your nuts, and then you get cold, and you throw, throw some, <laughs> some whiskey down. No. The nuts make it taste better. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but really, I thought, okay... 
what, what, how can I challenge the market? And I said, I know I can do better than Fireball in terms of the, the flavor taste. And I was a, in the restaurant business for a long, long time. And I was a chef. And I know about creating recipes and flavors. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this base of whiskey. And I am going to enhance it the way I'd enhance a steak. You know, like if you cook something, let's say you put something on the grill or whatever, but you're going to put some seasoning on it. You're doing that not to mask the flavor. You're doing it to make the flavor of the natural juices and stuff better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the goal, not to make some stupid cinnamon whiskey or a peanut butter whiskey. I was going to make whiskey that just made the natural flavors even better by supporting them with flavors that lifted them up. Like if you'd make your steak better, you'd season it, right? Right, yeah. right. Or your tomato sauce, you might add a little more oregano, give it a little more pop, that sort sure, of thing. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then during the process, I was able to smooth out the burn, a lot of the burn. So it took me a year to get the profile I want. I didn't know what it would be, but I knew what I wanted it to be in terms of the way it was drinkable. So with all these, it ended up being nine different, nine separate pure flavor extracts in very, very particular measurements to the amount of whiskey you're using. And it gives it this flavor. So the way I'm going to have you drink this the first time, and then after that you can shoot the whole bottle if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> but it's, and we will. We're going to put. We're just going to put a little over ice because that chill effect makes your tongue like just like if you're drinking a cold drink. You know how that's that's uh-huh. refreshing. Mm-hmm. And then just a dab, and I mean a dab of water because all brown liquors benefit from the flavor in the center of its flavor as it opens up. It all, it helps it open up a little quicker. As long as you don't saturate it and lose the flavor, you're okay. you're good. See, so, I always just use water as a. I don't want people to think I'm an alcoholic, so I order a double and then put a splash of water in it. You know, so it's, it's like uh, yes, yeah, so I'm having like, that with water. It's like today. a mixed drink, kind of. See, I never knew that about water and, and brown <laughs> well, liquors either. No, no. If it's no, I'm not talking about a bunch. I'm talking about just a little. It just mm-hmm. pops a, a little splash. Bit. Oh yeah, you get mad if they put water in your. So, yeah. you, you know what you reminded me of when you said that? I used to be a bartender, right? And we'd have these. <laughs> Talking about alcoholics, and you know who they were. You go, uh, let me have a scotch and milk. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with milk in there? And they're doing that because their stomachs all tore up, and they're trying to get that milk to kind of creamy it up. Mm-hmm. And they're drinking it that way just to keep drinking, and, and really their their ulcer is killing them. But scotch and milk. No, that's not what we're doing with a okay. dab of water. All right, so let's let's pop this sucker. <laughs> this is more akin to like uh, like a, a soda, a, a pop, Coke, whatever you want to call it, is better out of a glass bottle than it is out of a can, right? Well, in my like opinion, that. it is. Yeah, in my opinion, it, it it's just really what your Anything, like for instance, if you're on a hot day, right, and you're out there and you're doing whatever you're doing and you go grab right. a, a, even just a bottle of water, a warm bottle of water as opposed to a cold bottle of water, even though the flavor doesn't change, it just makes you, it just refreshes you so much better. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what this is. But I just want to make it clear, you can drink it any way you want to. It's a whiskey like any other whiskey. I'm just trying to give you what was in my mind when I created it and then awesome. we'll just do what we want to do. Woo. But I got you these big ass James Bond Freaking square. Oh uh, my god. Ice cubes. I like it. Man. That's a cool sound too. Doesn't that yeah. make you that no, makes yeah. you feel good, doesn't it? Dude, yeah. There's a sure. reason why I'm making this loud because I love this sound. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, I can't, I can't, I can't fault you for that. Like that's that's honestly just okay, a, wait, wait, wait. a genuine like good sound that I I so, like to hear. Do you mind if I open it? No, go ahead. So you know what this is, right? It's a cork and not a, a twist okay. Okay. And and when you open it, what I'd like you to do. As soon as you open it, you don't even have to do that. Just turn to, take a little turn, and you're good. It'll pop right off there. Oh, yep. First thing you want to do, and when you pop that cork, is get that under your nose and smell the freaking aromas in that bottle, and then let everybody do that, and then I'll pour it. Okay. All right. And then you can talk about what you smell. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Nice. Ooh. Nice. So that plays into the bottle. We'll we'll talk more about this later. But yeah. our metrics, the pop, is always a part of it, right? Let's see the repeat. Oh. oh. 
right. Nice. Right. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty you know, good. Drinking whiskey is a visceral experience. You got to have all the little bells and whistles, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> Let me smell. Nice. Ooh, that was good. No, it was Ooh, good. Yeah. It was good. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys partake in the ganja. It's kind of like the good smell of a good of a good <laughs> pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get here. the good smell of it for sure. And I'll tell you what that does as well. When you get that nostril stuff going, man, you start salivating. Your your taste buds start to pop before you even drink it. Yeah, it smelled really good. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I like it. He's blowing it out. <laughs> it touch your soul. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's it's good. Oh man. But I mean, okay, so I'm gonna pour this. But in the meantime, honestly, when you smell that, don't you know right away? This is something that is just gonna be. It just it already tells you. you know, I'm, I'm you ready need. to go too. It's like uh, maybe excited to try and drink it. You know. Exactly. There's, there's really no. Uh, it's unique. That's a good, good point. It's not. Yeah. It's not like Fireball at all. No. 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 Well. So let's let's clarify that. I didn't mean to make something like Fireball. I meant to make a whiskey that was enhanced with other flavors. That was the best tasting whiskey in the world. Whether it's straight whiskey or flavored whiskey, it wasn't about creating a Fireball style. It was about kicking their ass in sales because yeah. they shouldn't be doing that. They do 130 million dollars a year in sales in the U.S. producing a shitty ass whiskey. Yeah. College kids like it. I, I mean, that's... And it, it's not even that they like it. It's that they know it, right? You were talking about brand recognition earlier. Seeing it up on the shelf. Uh, people people know certain bottles. They know Maker's Mark. They know Fireball. They know... As, as much as it sucks, they know... Uh, what's the Irish whiskey? Jameson. Jameson. That shit sucks. That Jameson shit sucks. does suck, man. And Why do people like Jameson, by the way? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, it's the same reason we drink green beer on St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. Uh... But I think, honestly, James, like Jameson, when I'd have people come in uh, as a bartender, and they'd be hardcore Jameson week, and I think, I think this tastes like weeds to me. It tastes like dirt and weeds. And grass. And whiskey. And yeah. yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Ugh. Jameson right. makes me sick. It just gives sure. me a bad hangover, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Jameson makes me sick, for oh, sure. Oh, that's bad. People, people love Jack Daniels. That's the ultimate. That's the Leviathan, right? Or the 800-pound the gorilla in the room, right? Jack Daniels. And our thing has always been like, Jack Daniels Jack Daniels is okay. It's not even good. It's okay. And it just has such a name. It just has such a place on the shelf that, that that's how they sell. They, they just rely on that. They, they it's rest history. on their laurels. It's, yeah. it's an historic brand, and it sucks. If you were to take a, a shot of uh, Jack Daniels and set it next to a, a shot of uh, Garage American Badass Whiskey, you couldn't really sit there. If you're not a, you guys are whiskey drinkers. Mm. If you weren't a hardcore whiskey drinker, you can't sit and suck on some fucking garage or some Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's not good. This is smooth and delicious, and so we can't beat them in sales because we we don't have two hundred years worth of history. Right. But I can make a better whiskey than they do, which is what we've done, and which is everybody is finding out. But it, uh, look at what they are now as an icon. Think about after we're dead, a hundred years from now. When Garage Oil is one of those brands that's been around for 100 years, which it will be, it'll be thought of as just one of those iconic brands that's, hey, you got to have your freaking Garage Oil American Badass Whiskey. We'll be a Jack Daniels someday. Right now, I'm just concerned about making people have a better experience sitting down and drinking a glass of whiskey than fucking Jack Daniels. Hanging out in the garage. tastes terrible. Hanging out in the garage. And that's where we started, was in the garage. So I'm, I'm excited to taste this garage. All right, let's pass this around. Garage Oil Badass It's getting a little bit cool. There's a tiny splash of water in it. Ooh, I feel it. And then... Just the first couple of sips, just the first couple of sips, take up small and let it lay on your tongue, and then just let those things bloom. Now, I know we're being hoity-toity right now, but we'll shoot it in just a minute. But this is how I did, this is how I designed it to open up in your mouth. Tink. Cheers. Cheers. It's a good sip of whiskey for sure. Yeah. It's no. just smooth as shit. Without a doubt. 
Uh, Ooh, yeah. Woo! Yeah, I can drink that. Uh, <laughs> got more ice cubes? <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this. Uh, why whiskey? Mm. You want the whole story? Uh, this goes I mean, into, yeah, the, we this got, goes we into the Uber thing if you want to get into that. Oh, sure, yeah. Yes, do it. Oh, why, why don't you tell them? Okay, okay. So, uh, I ran into Ron, what, two years ago? A year and a half, two no, years more ago? Than that. Three, 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 holy four, shit. Yeah, three years ago, brother. Yeah. And uh, we had just started a podcast at the time. Just started. I think we might we may have aired, what, like six episodes? Yeah, maybe at that point. Uh, and I don't remember exactly where we were at. It was me and Chris. And we were so hungover that we couldn't... Obviously, we couldn't drive home. <laughs> uh, both of us were... We didn't have our car. Um, it's amazing we had our wallets and our phones, really. <laughs> yeah. And and so we caught an Uber to come home, and it was daylight, mind you, daylight. The sun is out. Yeah. So it was, it was broad more... daylight. It wasn't even morning. <laughs> it was, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're doing the like I'm a piece of shit going home thing, right? And uh, was it after a bro bash? Maybe it it was something fucked up. Yeah. And <laughs> and so we get a, an Uber picks us up, and it's got like this. American badass whiskey or something on the on the side. No, oh, no, 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 no. Back then, I was driving this uh, this other Dodge, not the one I pulled up today. Didn't have any branding yet. I gave you guys, but you had shit. You had shit all over the yeah, inside. yeah. I had it inside the car because I was telling people yeah. what I was gonna do. Yeah, oh yeah. And so, like, as as much as like, you know, when you do the thing where you get in an Uber car and you don't want to talk to anybody, right? Like, you, <laughs> I, I get in this car and I'm like looking around, and you were you were very professional about it. But I'm looking I'm, around. I'm, and I'm like, professional. fuck, man, I don't want to talk to this motherfucker. And then I'm looking, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, he's got whiskey shit all over the place. We just started a whiskey pod- podcast, and I was like, hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> like, what's going on? And we started talking about. Uh, he, he started telling us about this uh, this idea for a for a whiskey, and I was like, that's pretty cool. We're doing a, a comedy slash whiskey review podcast, and so we just started vibing on whiskey. And and I remember looking over to Chris and being like, like. Shrugging and pointing like, dude, you you want any of that? I was just like, I'm hoping I don't throw up in the back of this guy's car. I don't feel good. I need a nap and a shower like immediately. I don't, and I, to this day, I still can. We don't have no idea where we were coming from. And so I got home. I'm. I bet. I bet. I could go in my garage and like dig under the fucking old bicycles and like bullshit and find a, a card that says garage oil because I kept it <laughs> yeah. I kept it on the table. That's the table actually right there. I'm going to get you to sign it before you leave. Yeah. Uh, so when we started in the garage, that, that used to be a bar top that I had in my garage. Um, we ripped down the bar. We turned that bar top into a table. See, that was where the tap came out over there. With yeah. The whole, yeah. Uh, people had drawn on the bar while we, you know, we had the keg, kegerator or whatever. People had drawn on the bar. So when we made the table, we wanted to keep that. And, and that's what the podcast started on in the garage was that, that table right there. Obviously, we've moved to the studio now, so it's we hang it up on the wall for show. But uh, I guarantee you, somewhere in the garage, under all the bullshit, there's a, a that garage oil card. I remember sitting on that table for like a year. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It just never moved. It was just always there. It was a staple. And then now here I am. And I rem- yeah, that was yeah, that's what that's what's crazy. The way the world turns, right? I I remember being like, well, cool, bro. I hope you make it. And you know that that was kind of it. I di- I didn't. Expect that to ever be anything other than that. Yeah, you said you said if, if you get it out there, let me know. We'll try to get to a show on. And then on. and then what? And then it happens. You know, and not only oh. it happened. We're, we're fucking doing NASCAR this weekend. I'm gonna oh. tell you guys about that. But hold on, let me just say this: If I'd have known you guys were that messed up and were ready to throw up, I'd have put you in my <laughs> trunk, man. <I> mean, <laughs> oh yeah, we had no business like <laughs> moving in a car. 
<laughs> All right, so this is an important thing, man, as to why I was driving Uber and what it means for people to never give up. Mm. And it kind of goes to why. You said, why whiskey? So my former life was in the movie business. I'm a writer, director, producer, editor. I did freaking movies. I've won awards all over the world for films. And uh, I, had, I had gotten there from just hard work as a kid, man, growing up with a crazy life where we were running the streets and doing bad things. And it's I fun had, to do bad things. It's yeah. fun to do bad things until, <laughs> until the police guy grabs you by the neck and says, let's go. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, so I kind of had it at 16 years old. I had to actually get away from it because everybody I knew was getting killed. They were uh, doing drug overdoses or they were getting uh, put in prison. It was in a bad, I was in a bad spot with people. Mm-hmm. Not me personally. I was, I was just trying to get through it, but I was doing shitty things because it was the environment I was in, right? Right. But I knew at 16, this is not the world that I wanted to create for the rest of my life. I got to have some kind of life, right? So I knew I was good in the entertainment industry. I just had a feeling about it. I started doing everything you do as an actor and all that stuff. Anyway, I ended up kind of making it in the business. I, I ended up traveling the world with it. I've, I've been friends and co- uh, colleagues with Academy Award winners. I've met with presidents about projects we're going to do. It's been a pretty interesting ride. And I was doing great. And then I got married in Florida and moved here to Texas with this crazy woman. And she turned my world upside down. I was in Singapore with a film I was opening up out there, winning awards, and I had made money at that point. Our combined money was big. She went into the accounts knowing I was going to uh, divorce her when I got back because she was cheating on me, and she was an alcoholic who was crazy bad with it, used to try to kill me, like, I'm going to stab you in your sleep. Damn. So like, I got to get away from this crazy woman. I like the crazy ones too, man. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's the excitement. It's addiction. Until they, <laughs> until yeah. they pull that kitchen knife out, they're like, wait a minute, maybe I made a mistake here. It's a little too far. Yeah. So anyway, I'm there and I look in my accounts as I'm, I'm, I'm on the halfway the other side of the world. Every single one of my bank accounts, zero goose egged. When you're the owner of the production company, you've got no checks coming in. It's not like I could get, oh, next week I'll have more money. Yeah. I had zippity-doo-dah on nothing because she knew that she could divorce me and I couldn't fight back because she took all the money. We're talking a lot of money. So anyway, I was down to nothing and I got divorced and I was out, got into this new place I was living. I got thrown out. I'm driving Uber. I'm not making it. My bills aren't getting paid. Mm. But I, it hit me that, okay, instead of trying to mount another film, which takes mm. years, it's tons, millions of dollars, I'll do something I know. So I went back to my bar skills and I said, you know what? I'm looking at that stupid fi- that fireball just stuck in my mind because I hate that. You've stuff. got it out for fireball. You know why? <laughs> because it's it's just bad whiskey. It just tastes mm-hmm. bad. But they make so much damn money that I thought if they can do that, I can do I can do something much better. Right. Yeah. So when it when I started to think of how I would do it, and this is the whiskey, I thought of this like a character in one of my films. So all the things I've written and all the stories I've written, this right here, the reason why it's so cool and interesting is because it's full of personality. Like yeah. on my website there, if you read The Legend of Hot Rod Rick, full of a fucking story. This is not like just, oh, let me make some Whispering Woods whiskey. Yeah. The whiskey that makes you whisper. <laughs> Fuck that. This, is, this, this, is, this really is full of life and soul and personality. So I thought of it using my old skills, and, I, and here's why I really did it. So I said, okay, man, I'm 60 years old. I've lost everything I ever worked for for 35 years. I'm poor as shit. I've gotten kicked out of my house, and I'm driving Uber. I'm going to choose something that I know is always going to sell for the rest of the, my mm-hmm. life and everybody else's. You'll never see the world stop drinking liquor. Right. Never. It doesn't matter if there's a depression going on. It doesn't matter if we're celebrating whatever. You'll never not sell liquor. So that's what I went into and I said, okay, but I'm going to use my damn skills to make it the most incredible whiskey out there. And that's how I got into this to change my life 
But I'm not one of those people that goes into it saying, ah, let me just do something. I, if I'm going to do something, I want to fucking do it big, as big as I can. And that's how we got here. Man. Well, so I do appreciate well, it. Well, when we're talking about the bottle later, I, I know that uh, there is a little bit of flavor to it. Um, I love that it doesn't do the, the pretentious bullshit where it's like hints of oak and overtones of vanilla nonsense, right? <laughs> like, let's be real here. We're trying to get drunk, all right? Can we calm down just a little that bit? That was on purpose. I hate that you too. Can you read the back of that bottle? I did. So, uh, live in the moment and demonstrate copious amounts of badassery. That's it. So, I oh, like that's that. perfect. I like that. <laughs> that sums it up. You guys are demonstrating copious amounts of badassery right now. Hell yeah. We're going to need another one here in a second. So, man, the whole deal about, you know, sometimes life throws you a curveball, you're down and out, shit hits the fan, and, and, you know, you don't know what tomorrow holds. But, man, if you just put your head down and think of how to turn it around, and then you put the first foot in front of the next one and you work your ass off, anything is possible. And I'm telling you, it's one of those, oh, you just got to believe. You got to believe, but you got to work hard. And I mean fucking hard. Yeah. But I went literally from being thrown out of my house, driving Uber with drunk people in the backseat, to, <laughs> to uh, sitting here with you with what a whiskey drunkie? that's blowing the hell up. And next Saturday, it's it's happening so quickly that I am a sponsor, a branded logo on a NASCAR this freaking Saturday. That's how fast we're blowing up. That's all. Wow. Man. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. Anybody cool. can do it, man. Rags to riches, right? Real, real quick. Uh... You, who's the who's the driver? What's the car? It's the Xfinity series. I it's didn't Xfinity say that. on Saturday. Uh, so Cup Series Sunday, but Xfinity Saturday. Mm-hmm. This guy is uh, is Preston uh, Partis. Preston Partis, and he is a ringer for road courses, which that's what Dakota is. I saw your I saw your I saw the car. Um, the side, it, it's you're like on the rear quarter panel. That's cool. It just it's just cool to be on a on a car, right? Yeah. Um, but the back, right? Like. Aside from the hood, I feel like the back is the most prestigious spot that you can be, and you're all the way American badass whiskey across the back. Yeah, <laughs> that's so did, you see cool. the, did you see the freaking trunk on the back there? With yeah, my, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. The whole back of the car is gnarly, and and so often you get that that angle. That's gonna. I feel like that's gonna work out well. That's pretty cool. <laughs> if you guys, I'm showing them right now. So I got my damn iPad with me. Did you see? Did you see this freaking car? So that's me here. And if uh, people don't know this, you know, go to Garage Royal. Uh, spirits.com or go to my uh, Facebook and they can start to look at these photos and stuff. But look at how look at bad that. ass look at that, that is. Yeah. So you can imagine what that feels like to me. So my goal, the, the reason why there's all this motorsports and stuff on here is that I knew that this is a huge built-in audience. Car shows, car races, all that stuff, car TV shows, has millions of eyeballs, right? This fits right in their world. So I thought, okay, in a few years, I'll get on a NASCAR. I'm doing it in the first few months. Man. That's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. That's so cool, and, man. And you know, when you're when you're down, drink a shot of good whiskey, right? When you're up, drink a shot of good whiskey. That's what you were saying earlier. You can always sell whiskey, whether times are good, times are bad. People always want to buy alcohol, and why not drink uh, whiskey because that's the best. Here's the deal that I I will throw out there though, since we're we're it seems like we're transitioning a little bit. Um, if you're gonna work hard and you're gonna if you're gonna be uh, a whiskey connoisseur like me, then. Uh, you have to be able to earn your hangovers. And, and that, that means you have to be able to work. Sometimes you have to be able to work when you're hungover, right? Oh, hell yes. So, Gator, you know all about that. Man, it's tough. So That's a tough my, my biggest thing that I've got, you know, I, I, uh, I came up, I, I did carpentry, um, drove forklifts, 18-wheelers, uh, stuff like that. Very, very much blue collar. I've kind of shifted more into a white collar whatever now. He can't even read. But, and I can't even read, right? Uh, so the deal is, 
when I'm managing my guys, my younger guys, um, I know that they're going to show up hungover sometimes. Yeah, the motherfucker's 21 years old, you know? Like, it's going to happen. But when he shows up and he's 30 minutes late, I'm like, all right, you're 30 minutes late. You already fucked up once, you know? Now it's time to hustle. And I get it. You're hungover. It sucks. But I had to do it. Everyone that got to where they are had to do it. It's time to earn your fucking hangover. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and nothing works off a hangover like like working outside. Nothing. Oh. So I. It's know. like the best way though, man. You'll get it cleared out quick. You know. Yeah, and that's way easier than out. like take an important meeting like at nine a.m. Uh uh-uh, uh. Same. It's the same shit, dude. <laughs> if you like. You can be all fucking clammy and sweating and like, you know, stomach turning or whatever. And then when it comes time to perform, you better wipe your forehead off. You better walk out there and you better fucking crush it. And yeah. that's what separates the winners from the losers. You wipe know what I'm saying? off your face. Go out there if and get it. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. That's right. Yeah. Or, or just don't drink. I mean, if you want to be a, a bitch about it, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. My dad used to say, uh, if you're going to fly with the eagles at night, you're going to wobble the hogs in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I... I remember uh, talking about that bartending stuff and all kinds of shit I did. I remember parties, crazy parties to like 5 a.m. and my shift started at 8. And I think, how did I do that? Like, I'm I'm talking about drinking all night and then in three hours being at work and having to work eight, ten hours straight. And you're just like, okay. I tell you right now, I can't do it now at my age. No. I just can't fucking do it. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is I act tough in front of my younger guys, but I don't do the same shit that I <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can. But when uh, I was 21, no, you know. Well, you have to, and, and you're exactly right. If you don't earn that shit, you don't know how it feels, you know, you're going to get you're gonna get surprised some night when you fuck up and do something. You're not going to know how to handle it. You got to go through these battles, man, yeah. to figure out how to hit home runs in life. No, for sure, for sure. All those struggles and challenges, man. Like, if you don't go through that, you don't have any kind of, like, heart and soul. You don't have anything to grab onto. I'm laughing in my mind right now because we're talking about battles because we're drinking whiskey. It's Uh, my battle, man. I'm struggling over here. I don't even have a shot. There's whiskey right in front of you, brother. Yeah, Yeah, let's drink it. Yeah, we got to get some more going here. Uh, So, I want to talk about, since we're talking about work stuff, I want to talk more about uh, the movie biz. Yeah. What? uh, So, I didn't even know that. That side of you. Here, you want a shot? Uh, I gotta take this. Well, one. well, let me let me tell you this. Because I did everything in it. I mean, literally, writing, directing, producing, editing. I did uh, sound effects. I did stunt man work. I've done it all. So, what I want to know is just find a, something specific you're interested in. I can give you like a real specific ending. Like what? What have you always? Oh, okay. How do they do that in the movies? No, I've got this. So, uh, I was. I know I can't write and read, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, wrong. I was really good at, at English. Um, as a young man, at least, and and I fancied myself a writer, and I try to see like, you know, I try to empathize with people, I try to create a good narrative, I try to make a good story. Uh, my motto is, you know, live a great story. Um, yeah, his motto. <laughs> so nobody else. But but I've always but I've always thought how I feel like I would be a better director than a than a actor. I don't know if I have the acting thing in me, um, but I don't even know how you would start to get into like directing something, right? I, I kind of get how you could how you could write a story and uh, I watched I watched that documentary about uh, Quentin Tarantino, the one about the first aid or whatever like that. Do y'all watch that? No, I didn't oh, see it's, it. Oh, it's on Netflix. Y'all first need to aid. check it out. You mean like like emergency first aid? No, first eight. Oh, eight. first eight. Yeah. Okay. And or the grade eight. It's something it's not the hateful eight. That's a movie. Right. But like Quentin Tarantino's first several movies or or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um and it goes through like he he so he wrote tons of movies. He sold movies. He's he sold 
like stories like Willie Nelson sold songs, you know, mm-hmm. like for nothing. He's like, hey, you pick up my bar tab, you can have a song, you can have a movie, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how Quentin Tarantino got into it is he had a couple a couple hits and then that he wrote and then went to him and was like, look, I want to try directing. Um, how do you how do you other than that? How do you get into directing specifically? So but you got to go back further than that with Quentin. You got you got to really understand that this is this will kind of answer your question. Uh, Quentin used to work in a video rental store, mm-hmm. and he would sit there when people weren't in there and just watch that shit every day and think about how. Did, and he especially liked the, he loved kung fu movies, but he would look Which at this. Which really plays out in all of his movies. You can see the kung fu, hundred percent, and the black exploitation influence. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and so that that completely influenced him. So he sat there Cheers. and just tink. Oh yeah. Sorry, absorbed. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go ahead. He just sat there and absorbed that shit. That's the first thing. You've got to fucking absorb what entertainment is. How does it get into the soul and the subconscious of the person watching? You can't make movies for yourself. You have to kind of, you have to like it, but you have to make it so that other people enjoy it because otherwise five people will see it. But let me tell you this. When you're talking about, oh, I wouldn't be a good actor, but I could be a good director. I'm of the mindset that you better at least try acting to be able to be a director because you can't talk to an actor and tell them how to do something or what to think about if you haven't been there yourself. When I direct somebody, I don't say, okay, walk over there, turn left, and then put your arm on the couch. I say, listen, you're about to go over there. You haven't seen your father for 25 years. He used to beat your mother. and You witnessed it as a kid, and you went down a strange path in your life because you have those memories. Now you're about to see him for the first time, and you're going to go over there and wait on the couch for him. Yeah, you set the scene. Now, when they walk over to the couch, they have purpose and intention. A director who doesn't know what it feels like to bring that up in their soul to put it on camera, they don't know how to direct a person to do it. So that's why it's important to, to go through all the phases of it to try to be a director. Directing, you've got 200 people. I've had 200, 250 people on set that I'm responsible for everything they do. The way that crane moves, the lens on the camera, the lighting, the actor, the makeup artist, the, the clothes they're wearing. If I want you to feel depressed, I'm going to put everybody in a gray and brown thing. You can't just let people show up and wear green and orange. and it's a dep- So it's, it's a lot to think about. Mm. But here's the thing to really think about with Quentin, and this'll, this hopefully this will gel in your mind. Did you ever see a, I'm bringing up a fucking Golden Girls reference, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, we got a Golden Girls pro. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You're a Betty White man? Yeah. <laughs> You, know. you like her muffins? You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheesecake. It's cheesecake. Yeah, yeah cheesecake. Okay, okay. Cheese cheese. <laughs> no, but I'm bringing that up because there's an episode where uh, one of them is getting married. I forget who it is, but they, they do it where they have a bunch of Elvises, the Elvi show up and be a part of the, the marriage ceremony, right? Yeah. The wedding. And in the crowd, as an extra, being an Elvis impersonator is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And There's a lot of famous people in a lot of the in a lot of those Golden Girls episodes too. A lot of features like that. And, but yep. but the point about that is, is he was trying to get his foot in the door to figure out how the business works. He doesn't want to be on the Golden Girls set. Oh. He doesn't want to be an Elvis impersonator. But he wants to be there, just like I did, and watch. How does that director tell that cameraman to move the camera? Why do they do that setup like this? Why do I aim the camera low when I want to make that person seem imposing? Why do Why do we do what we do? And you can do that by getting into the business in whatever way you can, whether you're a Golden Girls Elvis guy or you're watching kung fu movies at the video store. You can't walk into any job in the movie business and go, yeah, I know how to do this. You, you start by learning. kind of. You, let, you, you, you have to learn the You trade. have to absorb it all yeah. and then figure out what it is to you that speaks, how, how you get your voice out. That's that's definitely putting in your dues. I feel like uh, right. an Elvis pers- impersonator is like one step 
maybe one step above mine, right? Like, <laughs> one step below clown. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, if you watch him, he's the one that's really going like this, you know, like because he's wanting to get some camera time. Yeah. He is blowing it up, and it's it, exactly he looked like a mime doing Elvis. But uh, but uh, to take it back, I, 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 there's Quentin Tarantino was an actor um, before he was a, a director. He was also a writer before he was a director. But a lot of great direct. I mean, there's uh, Martin Scorsese wasn't an actor, right? Uh, no, but he went through the NY Film School, and in the NY Film School, they make you do everything. Uh, and I've been through that stuff as well. Where you you may not have it on camera or may not be publicly known, but believe me, he went through the paces. He, he had to perform. Yeah, he, he had to perform. They make you do it all. They make you write it, and then you got to get it perform it, then they make you direct it. So even though he didn't pursue acting, he's been through it. I promise you. What's your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie is called Passing Fancy. It was written and directed by Ron Stone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. Oh man, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, my favorite movie, it's so hard because everybody asks me that being in the movie business, So, because I kind of break it down into... How about this? What's your favorite genre? What's your favorite type of movie? That's right. a little easier. So It can be hard to nail down a favorite movie, right? So so let's do this. I'll give you a, a, a trifecta here. Boom. Answer. If you t- ask me about comedy, one of my all-time favorite comedies is Arthur, uh, because Dudley Moore kills that movie. He is an amazing comic genius in that movie, and it is... Just a fun ride to watch. If you want to talk about uh, drama, you cannot get better than There Will Be Blood with Daniel Ooh, Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. Incredible Ooh. movie. I mean, it is It is a... Daniel Day-Lewis is a different animal. He's great in everything he's in. He's, he's, he's switched on. Uh, when, he's in, when he's the character, he's alive in that. There's no bullshit of an actor in there at all. He's just in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then there's something that's... Uh, I would call it kind of a musical, but it won the Academy Award... Uh, for best picture, but it is a foreign film. But it's, it doesn't feel like it. But it's called La Vie en Rose with uh, Mardier Cotier, and she, I don't know that one. She becomes this singer from the 1940s, uh, uh, this French singer, and I, it doesn't sound interesting at all. But when you watch that movie, you cannot fucking turn your eyes off this woman who captivates every fucking moment of it and she's rags to riches she's poor and she's in the street and she's begging singing for money and and she makes it big time but her you know it's one of those things where you look at her life and you can even though it's not your life at all you can equate your own journey trying to do something with your fucking legs and arms and mouth you're trying to get through this world by just giving whatever you got and doing something with your life those type of things to me that give you the vision for hope and for the reason to live those are what movies do for me. I and I and I love a good action film just to see shit blown up. But I look for things to kind of change my soul and go, shit, man. I can think about things a little differently. I think you can do it with an action film. Uh, I don't want to say that like action. Obviously, drama. There's a lot more potential there for for people to shine, for for people to act, right? But what about like? Uh, and I know this is going to sound cliche, but bear with me. The Matrix. Yeah. It's an amazing action movie. Now, The Matrix 2 and The Matrix fucking 7 or whatever, yeah, yeah. they're all garbage. All of them are garbage. But The Matrix 1, it's sci-fi, but it's action. I was action mesmerized. Through and through. I was and, mesmerized. And nobody had ever seen it. it it's like, it's like I, I imagine it like uh, I got to witness Star Wars for the first time, right? Yeah. Like, like, like as a metaphor, right? Like, people got to see Star Wars in theaters, and I didn't. I was, I was too young. But uh, I got to see The Matrix in theaters for the first time. Yeah. And, and it, they tried to recreate it, and you can't. You can't, you no. can't, you can't make it happen again. Well, um, it's not a new idea anymore. It, not, it, was, it was an original idea, even. Like, 
we were just on the precipice of the internet and and the ability to think outside, you know, AI, to, to AI think digitally, just, to think yeah, digitally to think into that spot, you know. And I will tell you this: there's another thing. Too I mean, that, we had Terminator. Terminator was AI, I guess. Ter- Terminator was that first one. It's like, holy crap, that looks like a real robot thing, right? Yeah. But there's a, there's a thing that in in the business that's called magic that you cannot construct. Right, like when you get the right actors with the right script, right. with the right directors, with the right lighting and the right music, something comes together that you just really can't predict. Until oh, it, score until matters happens. so much too. Score so. is everything, brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, the new Dune, the new Dune. Oh, I haven't seen it. I won't spoil it for you. Uh, the sound. I just want to yeah. say the sound is what that movie for me. What that movie's about. Yeah. Uh, if you can watch it with headphones on, watch it with headphones on. You yeah. need the full. Like sound experience, it's it's crazy. the The score is amazing. The like it, it just it's overpowering. But I, I gotta I gotta bring this up because I'm older than you guys, and you said you didn't get to see Star Wars for the first day. I saw it opening day. I'm like I'm an older guy. I saw it like when I was a kid, right, mm-hmm. a teenager. And here's what happened afterwards. <laughs> when I first saw Star Wars, I was with my brother and his girlfriend, and they're in their twenties, and I'm like eighteen years old or some shit. And we get in the car, and I'm driving. And after I got out of that, watching that movie, Star Wars, for the very first time, nobody had seen a movie like that. Yeah. Every light I got up to, a green or red light, looked like it was fucking flashing Star Wars shit, like flying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was I was uh, in my Millennium Falcon, but I'm just, <laughs> in, a, I'm just in a fucking Chevy, and I'm getting to the it's left. Ford Falcon. Like, oh, it's the like, red lights, the green lights flashing by me. It's like it got my mind so crazy. Oh no, yeah. yeah, exactly what you were talking about earlier. How it just kind of like it can change like your mindset and stuff, but where you look at things. I remember going to see Gone in sixty seconds and leaving the oh. theater, and I was oh. like, everybody that leaves this theater is going to get in a wreck. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, you could, be, you could be driving a Corolla virus. You're going to drive fast as fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. at least you think you're going fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it feels like it right here, right? Yeah. Am I, am I bringing this shit down to some aesthetic level where we're talking about films? I mean, is this what oh, you're no, really no, no, Are no. we drinking whiskey? Are we? Hey, we can talk. We can transition. Whatever you want to do, but I, 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 I don't want you. you to think I'm getting too fucked. No, 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 we no, talked just, about everything. I'm just, I'm just interested. Uh, Love it. We talk movies a lot, actually. Okay, all right. We even had a bit for a while. We did Critically Ashamed. Where we'd pick out like movies that we thought were just super B list, and we'd watch them and we'd review them, and like Zardoz, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> dude, dude, I'm, I'm like a word guy. I, I love putting combinations of words together, and critically ashamed is fucking brilliant. Yeah, because <laughs> everything is critically acclaimed. Yeah, yeah, critically yeah. Ashamed is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not critically acclaimed. We're, we, we tend to more uh, critically ashamed. That's more our. our yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we tend towards towards that way. It was a good bit, though, but we haven't done it in a while. But, yeah, we talk about everything on this show, man. Yeah, that one was hard because it required everybody to do homework every week. And- <laughs> yeah, half the time, half the you show. And it's not, homework, guys. it's not necessarily something that people want to do. We're like, hey, look, this movie looks really bad. Let's check it out. Chud. Ugh, Chud. Sardoz. <laughs> what was the one with that old actress, the... Trog, Trog. Did you ever see Trog? This I know what movies? it is. As weird as it sounds, I know what Trog is because oh. my dad has been like, "That movie is too fucking weird. I don't want to watch it." It's something you got to watch just because it's so damn weird. I forget who the actress. It's one of those big old iconic actresses that used to work with Betty Davis, and she was at the end of her career and she couldn't get shit, and she got this super B movie called Trog. And it's terrible, but it's so weirdly terrible that's like you can't take your eyes off of it. Oh man! Yeah. So my. Uh, my dad tells a story about your dad, Chris. <laughs> After uh, Trog came out, uh, your dad would like, he'd be eating cereal. This is when all when they're like kids, kids, right? Yeah. Middle school, like, or teenagers maybe. Yeah. And your dad would eat cereal and he would, and so they started calling him Trog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a weird cereal scene in that movie. 
Hey, uh, Chris, can you hand me some fucking garage oil, brother? I mean, why am why is my glass empty? And Gator keeps fucking eyeing my my glass like he's gonna drink it. <laughs> it's just sitting there. Here, I, I can put some more in here. Which one do you want? Ice or no ice? I'll do some ice, please. Yeah. Nice. Thank you very much. Yes. Sir. So we can talk about. Uh, was it? The, I want to talk about tornadoes. We're talking about movies. Let's talk about tornadoes. Okay, we'll shift gears. Yeah, it was Twister up in so, Central Texas recently. You're you're pretty new to Texas, right? That's what I gather. Well, well, it, for most Texans, I'm new, but I've been here ten years or more. Okay, okay. So the, this whole tornado thing's not so new for you. Well, I well, came from freaking Florida and was hur- hurricane. I've been through some terrible hurricanes, yeah. so I'm used to weather kicking your ass. Right, right. But. Her, her, uh, tornadoes are pretty terrible because when they get on you, man, the so, shit's flying. I want yeah. you guys to correct me if I'm wrong here because I had apparently I didn't understand why tornadoes were scary. I thought you couldn't predict tornadoes. I thought tornadoes just happen and they fuck everything up and then you go, oh no, well, what are we going to do? It turns out like a week ago they were talking about on the news there's going to be like five tornadoes in Austin in like oh, really? five days and you're like, what the fuck? Why, like, if we can predict tornadoes, why are we sweating tornadoes anymore? Well, bro, it's come a long way since Twister came out, you know? Well, I haven't involved well, at all. I've learned nothing since. It's then. because when they say it's going to hit a certain area, you can't fucking pick up the buildings and move the shit. So, so if it says it's coming to a populated <laughs> place, those people are yeah. fucked. They got to get out. Yeah, I yeah. guess you can't really tornado. Don't you like those stories though? When you look at the whole, it's like a bomb went off, and there's one closet that survived, and like five people were stuffed in. They go, "We got in the closet. And we made it, dude." Yeah. Uh, so it would have been when I was a kid. So twenty. Five years ago at this point. It was like in the nine, late 90s. But late a 90s. tornado came through Spicewood, and you, there was, you could drive down 71, and you could see the path through the hill country where this badass tornado just ripped its way through the trees. Yeah. Twisted right? up all the trees. It, it literally made a, a path in the trees. Yeah. And so when you're driving down 71, you can, you can like, trees, 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 boom, there's an alley. I can look both directions yeah. and see for miles, and then trees, trees, trees. Right next to that, where that tornado ripped through, it was a church. And it didn't even get touched. And it's it's one of those wild, like, you know, you hear about, like, hay through a telephone pole or something. Yeah. Or, like, the eggs inside of the refrigerator are okay, but the refrigerator's upside. Yeah. Like, all that crazy shit. It was one of those type of stories. It, it just happened here. So we have a huge hotel and resort here called Kalahari. And, I mean, it's, it's like a giant resort. There's an indoor water park. It's that big. Yeah. You know? And there's just thousands and thousands of people in Kalahari. And they had video of a tornado coming right over the top of it. And it didn't quite, it wasn't quite touching down. It was just a little off the ground. And so it didn't hurt anything. It was high winds and knocked the camera off. But then it came over the top of it and touched down in the parking lot and was throwing cars. Just throwing cars and ripping trees out and completely demolished in front of Kalahari. And just went right over the hotel where all the people were. Did y'all see that video? It just came out like yesterday, right? The truck. The, the truck. truck. Yeah, the truck. Uh, what happened? Did you see that truck? No. So, tornadoes uh, just hit like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's this like Chevy pickup truck that's driving down the road. Then all of a sudden it like stops and then it starts sliding sideways. And then it just straight up gets tornadoed. Dude. It's, it, it's, it, 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 it got towed. Over. It, it got, got towed like Twister. Yeah. yeah. And so the whole truck gets like picked up and thrown. And then rolled over, and then eventually somehow it ends up landing back on its tires, and it drives away. No, <laughs> yeah, dude. She's just yeah. like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Yeah, that's movie like, shit, man. Yeah, it, it flipped down the street, and then he, he ended up on his tires and drove he noped away. the fuck out of there. Yeah, he got tornadoed. I'm gonna write that down. So, so listen, I got since we're talking about this, I got a subject that you guys might like, man. Okay, Let, let's get into this because talking about like when disaster hits or something really 
uh, is traumatic that happens in your life that you survive. So this is, we'll, we'll do the survival thing. I'll tell you a little story, then I want you guys to tell me something like that happened to you that's like, I can't believe you made it through. Mm. So when I was a kid, remember I told you I was in tough, tough shit going on when I was a kid. I was uh, homeless at 15. I, had, I was not living uh, anywhere. I'd run away from home. Um, I just was in a bad place. I was with some friends, and uh, they we went up to the mountains in Colorado. Uh, you go up in the mountains, and you party in the, amongst the trees, and you know you get out into the nature there, and nobody sees you. So we're up at the top of Pikes Peak Mountain. Completely sober. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pikes Peak is one of the, the highest uh, elevations. It's Colorado? It's Colorado. Right? Okay. So we're up there above tree line, and we're getting high, but we're also... Like altitude. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting high with the altitude. Uh-huh. That altitude sing, signals will get you. And singing John Denver songs. Country <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> roads, bro. Yeah. John Denver's great. No, but we decided, oh, this is a great place to take some acid. So we took, we took acid up in the mountains, and we're just... Tripping it's dangerous. On. Yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> because the dude that we were with that was driving, who I just met that day, was a friend of a friend, had a 1965 black Impala convertible. So we're all messed up in the mountains. I'm a runaway. These guys are around the same age between 15 and 16 years old. And this guy's on acid. I'm not sure he ever had done it before. And so we start driving down the mountain. And yeah, he's high as shit. Switchbacks. Oh. And... All of a sudden, he's driving like 60 miles an hour on a dirt road that's, you know, just barely a car wide with no girders. You can fly off it. And people start saying, we're in a convertible, start saying, dude, slow down, man. Slow down. We're, we can't be driving like this on this mountain and we're high. And so all of a sudden, this this kid hits the brakes and turns the wheel to the right, which is where the cliff was. The car flies off of the cliff. Now, here's here's where that guy's driving. My best friend's on the uh, passenger seat in front of me on the right. I'm in the back seat on the left, and there's another kid sitting to me on the right in the back seat. Totally crushed your vibe, right? <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you, weird shit happened. <laughs> like, that wasn't weird enough. We flew off a cliff. Damn. So the car's just flying into the air. And if you know how these cliffs are in Colorado, I mean, we're literally flying uh-huh. through the trees. Yeah. So so I look up, and, and I see my friend in the front seat, who was the only one who didn't drop acid, he jumps out of the car quickly, had cat reflexes. He jumps out, and I look up, and all I see is sky and his hands out, and I'm going, oh, man, Superman. <laughs> like, he was flying, flying. In the meantime, when I was looking up, I didn't know the kid driving had jumped out, opened the door and jumped out, landed on one of those uh, girders that hold the, uh, the the gravel from flying down it, so it kind of fills up with gravel. Yeah. He yeah, hits yeah, that yeah. metal with his stomach and has huge internal injuries. Oh. And then my buddy here on the right, he... He just kind of buckles in. He puts his hands together and puts his head up against the back seat, and he's gonna just ride he's it holding out. On, yeah. And I thought that's what I'm gonna do. But then I thought to myself, dude, I'm, I'm I'm dead. This is the end of my life. So let me just see how this is gonna go. Let me just kind of watch this this death thing happen. Oh, that's cool, man. It was bizarre because let me tell you, it all started happening in slow motion. And so all of a sudden, I realized, wait a minute, maybe I can survive this. So I stood up in the back seat of this convertible Impala with the big long mm-hmm. uh, trunk. And I stood up, and the centrifugal force pulled me out of the car, and I rolled off the back of this car, flying through the air, and I'm the car is flying in front of me, just flying away from me, with like dust and gravel flying, which is flying away in slow motion. And the dude that's sitting in the seat, the car starts to turn like it's going to flip over on its head, and he would have been killed. It hits a tree, and it righted itself. I hit the side of the mountain. Bam! And I mean, it was like your whole body was crushed. And all of a sudden, I was flying again. And then, bam, it happened again. And then I started rolling. I started rolling down the mountain at 60 miles an hour. My body's just flying. Bam, 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 bam. The kid in the car, 
he makes it, it lands, the car lands into like where the gravel slides around those girders and it, it kind of makes like a softer landing. The car lands and all the wheels break open. The doors are smashed out, but mm -hmm. he made it. I was the only one that flew down the mountain just with my body, cuts and bleeding everywhere. I had a quarter inch of gravel underneath my eyelids. And then the a kid at the top, he really got hurt uh, with his deal. But what happened was, and I'll, I'll let you guys go with your story. So what happened was, is I survived it, didn't die. The kid, no shit. No, I didn't die. <laughs> Can you believe that? Man. And the guy, the guy driving, when we get to the top, he's like freaking out. He didn't know how bad he was hurt. He was just going, my car, my car. And he goes, Mickey, you got to get out of here. Mickey's a kid that stayed in the car and he's because Mickey was a drug dealer. He said, Mickey, you got to, if my dad knows you're here, I'm going to, I'm, I'm in big trouble. You got to get out of here. And, and he's like, where do I go? He goes, I don't know. You got to get, we're in the mountains. So Mickey goes, all right, I'll start hitchhiking. So I go, I'll, I'll go with you. But I didn't realize I was in shock, and I'm going. I keep stopping. Am I? Oh, am I alive? Am I? Have I got something breaking my head open? What's happening? Anyway, are you still tripping at this point? Of course, but but I'll tell you when something <laughs> like that happens, it, it just it, your whole adrenaline takes yeah. over, right? So I started. We started hitchhiking, and I didn't realize I had long hair at the time, kind of like you ruffians, and <laughs> and, and I uh, I had cuts and uh, blood everywhere, and I had dirt. And every car would look at me like, oh, my God, we're not picking these guys up. No, you look like a murderer. You look like an insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, listen, we finally walked all the way down the mountain to where we got to, like, the first stop sign. And some dude decides he's going to pick us crazy-looking kids up. And we get in his car, and I didn't realize what I was doing. I'm in the back seat, and he, and like, directly <clears> behind <throat> the driver. And I start telling the story. And I said, we just flew off the damn mountain. We flew off the cliff. And I can't believe none of these damn campers up in there, these people camping out wouldn't help us, or nobody picks us up. And I start banging on the back of these headrests. I didn't know I was doing it. I'm going, these fucking people wouldn't, wouldn't pick us up and I'm banging it. And this guy's going, oh, whoa. And he goes, we go about a block. He goes, you guys got to get out. We ended up having to walk 18 miles home after flying off a cliff in the mountains. The story we heard from the cops that were met with the other two that made it said 99% of people that fly off this cliff do not survive. The fact that the four of you are alive is amazing. So that's a story and I have more like that, but that's a story I survived with something you just can't imagine. You really did survive. So now let's go around the table. Did, so did you have the the life flash before your eyes thing, or was it more of just a slow motion? No, I think at, I think at sixteen I didn't have enough life to flash. Uh, <laughs> but what did happen was is that it really truly washed over me that this is the end. I, my life is now over, and I'm going to watch it happen. I'm going to experience death, and the, it's weird because I got super calm. I'm like I can't stop it. It's gonna happen. Let yeah. me let me watch it happen. There's there's something uh, liberating almost about that sense of like letting go though, right? Like yeah, that, absolutely. Like look, I have no control. I, I'm not take your seatbelt off. Whatever happens. Uh, so I was I was riding in a car with uh, or it was a truck. It was a big truck with a friend of mine, and we had been drinking, and we decided to go from where we were to like a dance hall type mm -hmm. place, and we were gonna party, right? So we all pile in this dude's truck and we're driving, we're hauling ass. And he's like, he's driving like a dick. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's passing people in the, in the oncoming and then like going off in the ditch and coming back. And at some point I can remember thinking like, and I was drunk. I was drunk. I've been drinking all day. Uh, I can remember thinking like, I don't, I don't want to live through this shit. Like, you know, like if, if we're going to crash, we're going to crash the fuck out of it. And I took my seatbelt off and I grabbed a bottle of whiskey and took a chug. I'm like, fuck it, let's go, I guess. I can't, like, you, you can only tell him to slow down. You were, you were telling him, slow down, slow down. You can only tell him to slow down so many times before it's like, look, we're, this is it, we're going, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
we didn't fly off a cliff. We went through. A, <laughs> we went through a ditch and like hopped a curb he, and he like veered off into a ditch. <laughs> we, we, we hopped a curb. This guy fell off two thousand feet off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's not a comparison. But but, but at eighty miles an hour, you know. No, but yeah, it was it was wild. When you say you took off your seatbelt because you said. You know what? The situation is not under my control anymore. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So why am I going to stress it? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So I was there for that one. I also did the same thing. <laughs> we were in the back seat. That's why we were powerless, right? Like I can't even grab the steering wheel, dude. We're right. we're fucked. So we might as well just uh, take seatbelt off. I had, a, I had another one. I was in the passenger seat of a truck with a with a three hundred pound dude. Uh, Doing eighty up I thirty five heading north like through downtown and he fell asleep at the like just poop <sighs> on the window and started veering off and we almost almost got it. Did you have to? Did you have to throw your foot over there to stop the car yeah. or did he? Yeah, I I pushed and grabbed the wheel and then reached over with my foot and pushed his foot into the brake and yeah got us stopped and then had to fight him to get him to let me drive. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because yeah, once it, once you get to that point, right? Like you've got the truck pulled over on the side of thirty five. Yeah, I'm guessing it's two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, at least. Uh, so there's nobody else on the road. So luckily, right? Right. But now you need to get the fuck out of there, and you've got this drunk, belligerent, passed out motherfucker in the in the driver's seat. Yeah, and no bullshit, three hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a big old boy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting you're talking about your story and it. As you got into it, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I should tell mine, but I think I will. It's similar, yeah. um, but different. So I, I used to live in Utah when I was, like, in my early 20s, and uh, on my time off, I'd go exploring and go check out new places to, like, hike and check out. It's just a beautiful place to live. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, just north of this lake, I was living in Vernal. North of Lake of uh, Vernal is a lake called Steinecker, and kind of, like, northeast of the lake, there's a, a ridge. You know, and you can see where the sand and dirt and rocks have fallen over time. And you can, the, the highway kind of goes along that, that ledge and you can drive up and walk up on top of it and see over to one side and over the other side of the lake. So one day I decided I wanted to go do that. And I parked my truck on the side of the road and I hiked up to the side and walked up all up on the top and I could see everything it was beautiful and I could see my truck at the bottom. And I was like, you know, instead of walking all the way back up, I did up this hill, I can just go down this like where the sand has fallen and kind of eroded yeah. over time, you know? So I took like one step down and I could, you know, I would catch me and I kept taking more steps and I was like, I can get some speed going, you know, and kind of, it catches me, you know, the gravel. And eventually my steps got too big and I got out of control. You can't stop. And I was tumbling and it was like, I was tumbling so much. I had enough awareness to be like, this is it. And yep. I was just tumbling, tumbling, tumbling. Yep. And I just stopped. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, whoa, and there's my truck and I'm okay. And everything's still there. But yeah, just the surrealness of that moment of like. We're out of control right now. Take the seatbelt off. Here we go. You know, like it makes me think. You know the the stupid like uh, TikTok videos where the guy's like riding a bike and tries to pop a wheelie and the whole bike just falls apart and he lands on his feet. Like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know how when you were when you were tumbling, see if you had the same experience. When that happened to me and I was flying, I was flying down the uh, the mountain there. That's what made me think of it. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, is I kept thinking to myself, is it going to be a tree or a rock that smashes my head and kills me? So I actually left my eyes open while I was rolling, trying to see what was going to get me. And when you're flying through that kind of a, I mean, there's literally jagged rocks everywhere and trees. You think one of those, and I'm rolling at 60 miles an hour. I smack my head on that, and that's it. Yeah. Did you have that experience where you were rolling down that deal where you're thinking, man, there's going to be something here that's going to get me? No, I was just like, 
I was so out of control. I knew I was so out of control. I didn't even think that far as to what was yeah. going to stop me. I was just like, this is it. It's done. You it was kind of in the moment. Yeah. I was very like, this is just, I don't even know how else to describe it. Just totally out of control. But listen, when we all go through these things we've gone through, don't you look back and you go, you know, man, it's cool to survive stuff. It gives you more strength. It also gives you, in my opinion, more purpose to do shit in your life because any minute the big one could hit us and we're done. Well, different yeah. perspective. What's crazy to me is I think at, at some kind of stupid level, I crave that that feeling, that jolt of life that happens. Yeah. Oh, this is why we jump off cliffs and ride motorcycles. motorcycles. That's what I was yeah. gonna say, dude. I ride motorcycles. I you know like as as often as I as I can or want to. I ride motorcycles, and every day, even on just a twenty five mile ride, you know, to work, like. Cars are out there trying to kill me, you know? Like, it happens every and that's day no where I'm When like, you ride a motorcycle, they be trying to kill you. Yeah, they be dude. trying to kill you. And I'm like, that's it. This, this, It's not like it. a, they're passively, like, n- you know, not paying attention. <laughs> no, they're, like, actively. like. They, you think was, they've got notches on their <laughs> glove boxes, like, oh, one yeah, day? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes it blows. Like, I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm past you. You can see me, right? And then you try to move up. Or, like... They pushed me over. Dude. It happened to me in traffic yesterday. I was driving home on 183 during traffic time, and it's it's fucking wall-to-wall traffic, you know? And I'm keeping just a little bit of a distance because I'm on a bike, so I'm trying to put my feet down as little as possible, right? So you creep when you're in traffic, you know? Dude, there wasn't even a car length in front of me, and this car next to me is like, I'm coming over now. And I was like, but I'm right here. And they were like, yeah, fuck but you're you. on a motorcycle. Fuck you. And so, uh, lane splitting. Lane splitting is legal in Texas and totally a thing in California and uh, and elsewhere in other states. It makes sense. And when I try to explain it to people, I'm like, bro, if someone's if someone's lane uh, so lane splitting for for those of you that don't know, um, if traffic is stopped or below ten miles an hour, um, they, another word for it is filtering. Motorcycles will go through the the gaps right between the like between, between the, the cars. cars. To get to the front. Now, this serves two purposes. One is it gets the motorcycle out of harm's way. Um, the second purpose is it's rel- it's relinquishing traffic. Like, it's making less traffic because these people are no longer in the line that you're sitting in, right? Here's the deal. People don't think about it like that, especially no, not in you're Texas. An asshole. You get some some redneck, like, and look, I'm not hating. I'm, I'm, I come from redneck, rednecks, but... You get some redneck that's like, fuck you, Spooby. I'm going to fucking open my door. And that shit happens. It happens. And they will, they'll, they'll try and hurt you just because you're on a motorcycle. That's yep. my point. Yep. And I, I mean, <laughs> in traffic, they were like, fuck you. I'm in a car. Like, straight up. It was not a, like. The or they'll do the thing where they, like, you know, where they, like, oh, I'm just going to, like, swerve into the middle so you can't go. You know, like, where people, like, yeah, cock, yeah. cock block you. Fuck, dude. You realize you almost just killed me. I Motorcycle get it. Trying, blocking. You're trying to be like some kind of superhero right now. Like you're John Wayne. Like you're the fucking cop, right? And but what, what people, you almost just killed me. What That's people, what just happened. What most people don't understand about bikes, too, is that you've only got two pieces of rubber touching the touching the ground. Your stopping power is actually less than it is in a car yeah. when you have four tires on the ground. When you have four tires on the ground and, and a good rider can do things, you can downshift and shit. But, right, but yeah, you're right. If you come to the oh shit moment and you have to slam on your brakes, you're better off in a car. Like the other thing they don't think reasons. about though is that I have gloves on that have armor on the fists, right? And I'm way faster than they are. So like I can just like punch or kick the side of their car and then I can burn off and be gone. <laughs> I've kicked some cars, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Some cars. <laughs> Fuck them. All right, uh, we need to take a shot and review this whiskey. I would say that's the uh, the appropriate thing to do at this point. That's not on the agenda, huh? Ooh, Ooh. nice save. 
That's those glasses. Just for man. those of you that heard that, he almost knocked his whiskey over. Nope, nope, That's a cardinal guys. sin, yeah. especially when it's garage oil American badass whiskey. Yeah, we'd have to spank you or something. Blake. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> if you guys are being initiated into my club here, you're in the team badass, right? I gave you the yeah, glasses. Man. I want I want to hear your best badass call out saying garage oil American badass. Is this whiskey. like? Oh, Whataburger guy doing American badass whiskey. No, I want no action. I want you from your soul to be a badass. Or do we want like, like a, well, looky here, pilgrim. This is American badass whiskey. Wait, man. Don't be getting my John Wayne out. <laughs> well, listen, oh, uh-huh. listen tight, you motherfuckers. <laughs> well, let's all take a shot of garage oil, you ha ha ha. <laughs> Oh, that's so Cheers. Cool. Cheers, guys. The most badass motherfucker south of the picket wire. Picket next wire. to me. <laughs> but I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to hit you. All the hell I'm not. <laughs> All right. So, this is the part of the show where we review the whiskey. Ooh. Today, we're drinking Garage Oil, American badass whiskey. There's some words on the back. It's short and sweet. I'll read them. Never mind, I can't read. <laughs> uh, let's talk about it. Sweetness, what do you think? I think it's high. Three. Yes. Let's talk about the sweetness, though. Okay. It's not syrup sweet. No. It's a no. pleasant sweet. Okay. Oh, we got to talk about the ratings, because I don't yeah, think Ron's yeah, familiar with the ratings at all. How okay, yes. Because it's, it's probably not how you think it is. Right. It's like sweet. So, this is not saying, like, higher is not better. This is like, uh, if, if you're going to taste it, as someone that's tasted at this point... Hundreds of bottles of whiskey. Um, If you're going to taste it, these are kind of like this is what you're what you might experience, right? In other words, some bottles some bottles might be uh, sweet, might be not sweet at all. They could still be good. Oh yeah. So kind of at the end, we'll we'll like recap and like okay, our overall vibe. What do we think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's let's give some context for that three though for them. Like what would be what would be a five? A five is that low and slow. Yeah, and that shit fucking sucks. By the way. Yeah, but uh, and and I will be honest. Typically, I'm not a big fan of sweet. This is not overly sweet. This is a little bit sweeter than average. Right. That's right? why it's a three. And, so and two and, and would, a half. And is I would a, say, oh, it's out of five. Also, by the way, it's out of five. And just just so you know, that's on that's on purpose because I'm trying to build a wide lane of people that are kind of new to whiskey and or not hardcore enough to drink straight up badass whiskey. So this gives me a broader audience. Remember. I'm the owner trying to sell whiskey. Yeah. So that little bit of sweetness just helps some people who can't do it. So I we're we're gonna yeah we'll get into it. Uh, crunch. How do we feel about crunch? I think it's smooth. Yeah, two, smooth. Yeah. one and a half, two. Yeah. I'll go two. Bite again. Low. Low. Yeah. A two again. Yeah. I would go one point five. Gator. Two's fine. Two's okay. fair. Two. All right. Bottle. Now look. Oh man. <laughs> uh, Tom Marks. There's been very, <laughs> very few, and I'm not sucking your dick because you're here. Motherfucker, you better not. Uh, we have a couple of bottles that that we've put up, like with a four, you know. Um, Belfour is one of them. Uh, what is it? Willet is pretty good. Blanton's is good. Um, there was one. Which one was it that had the? Anyway, this bottle is one of the coolest bottles I've ever seen. It is. Yep. Yeah, if we should give it like a six, and not because you're on here the show, you know, not that whole bit, but it's it's just that it's badass. It's just nothing yeah. like it. I'm, like I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, there's if I'm looking at if I'm 
I've done this. I've done this hundreds of times at this point. If I'm looking at a shelf at a liquor store and there's hundreds of bottles lined up, what bottle sticks out more than this one? Uh, maybe, maybe like the skull, the one that's like a skull. You yeah. Know? Maybe the one that's shaped like a baseball or something. Or the one that's shaped like a Texas got you at least a couple times. Yeah, but even that one is like uh, that. That feels pandering, right? Yeah. Even listen, I, and listen. look, I can I can even admit it. Let's let's talk about the skull. That's Dan Aykroyd's. That's Crystal Head Vodka. Mm-hmm. Yep, that vodka. that vodka sucks. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm buying it for the bottle. But I'm, I'm saying yeah, I'm not talking anything. No, no, no. We're talking about bottle design, right? So yeah. that's exactly why people do buy that is for the bottle design. Sure. And I like the skull for sure. What is this right here? Will it? Will it? Yeah. Look at this bottle. Yeah, it's an awesome bottle. No, that's really good whiskey. Too. I think this is a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, fuck you for making me think that from now on. I, I want that to happen because look, it's it's listen aesthetically, it's it's a pretty cool design, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't lead you to think cool badass whiskey. It, it does. It is fancy. It's but fancy. It's fancy. Yeah, it's fancy. And that's, so, and that's a butt plug. So what I'll say, the, a lot of times the things we look for when we're talking about bottle um, pop is one of them, which it had a good pop. Uh, it even had a, a decent second pop. Uniqueness. Um, we look for if it if it is just a generic like Jack Daniels shaped bottle with no like texture to it or anything. Texture adds to it. Um, back label. If you can see, like if they if you print something on the back of the label, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you drink it and you get like a little surprise. I dig it. Uh, but th- this bottle is definitely definitely unique. You can't. You can't argue. There's it, right? nothing like, else like that. Yeah, there, there's. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, and and even like the it, it it resonates with me, right? Like it's got the it's got the hot rod, it's got the garage oil, um, American badass. Like, come on, who doesn't want to be this? And he's holding a cigar and a glass of whiskey. Like, if you took the gas station motif kind of out of it, it would still be a badass bottle. It would still be. This badass. is. It's a double a ga- kicker, a game man. changer. Yeah, that's so cool. I can't like. However well, you had that designed and however that came together, that's really badass. And, and read what's underneath the, the cheers hand holding that glass right there. What's that say? Keep, Keep your, your parts, parts lubed. lubed. Keep your parts lubed. So it's these little things that mm-hmm. right that I want to stick in people's head. So we're drinking garage oil, but we're keeping our body, we're keeping our parts lubed with some whiskey. Those type of little things that's in the in my that necker piece right there, that gives it a different iconic feel than just some Slick ass fucking fluted bottle. Yeah, it'll fit in your butt pretty well, I guess. Hey, well, look, I'm a finely tuned machine. I gotta keep it. Kidney you know. parts lube, bro. <laughs> you don't want to leak anything though, so that's why you stick this in your butt plug, right? So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta give this bottle. And again, I would, I would not lie to you. Even uh, if I wasn't here, you'd do this. I would give this bottle four and a half. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm fine. That's fair. I think that's the highest bottle ratings we ever given dude you said six earlier you piece of shit no, no <laughs> five is the highest and, and to me a five is like well i can't help but buy that bottle it, that, it, that bottle could taste like shit i'm gonna buy it anyway because the bottle's so fucking yeah cool. but let me tell you that's what i hear all the time i have videos of people that i've that film said i don't drink not just whiskey i don't drink at all but i gotta buy that bottle yeah yeah it's cool man uh drunkenness how do we feel <laughs> are we all lubed up yeah, easy to get down. Like yeah, that. no, and this is this is where we bring it all together. Three and a half. Yeah, I'll say three and a half. Three, I'd go three. Three and a half, three and a half. You're out. Number. Okay. We'll put down three and a half. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, we did three, two, two, four point five, three point five. Um, now that again, these are not like five is the best, zero is the worst. These are just like our our take, our notes, right? Uh, 
how do we feel about the overall bottle? Oh, I like it. And and let's just review it. Like, I think this is uh, this is accessible. This is something that um, I feel like anybody can drink. And I I personally am I, I I would like it a little bit less sweet, but I can drink this all night long. Yeah, and and, and, and so I, when it comes to like drunkenness, it it hit a little bit higher than average, even for me who scored at the lowest on drunkenness. It hit a little bit higher than average because it is that drinkable. Well, right? and you can shoot it or you can drink it is a huge point. Like I, I've done both. The first bottle we didn't we it, didn't have ice or cups or anything. We just drank I was about the to say. Let's be real. A lot of people don't don't they don't want to take straight shots of whiskey all the time. And what I'm saying is you could you could with this you could with this. And also, it's a good sipping whiskey. And if on the you're flip side, person, and on the flip side, if you're a seasoned bourbon drinker. Um, you can definitely enjoy this as just a straight, straight whiskey. Well, think about this as well. So, so you guys are whiskey drinkers, right? But if let's say you're at a some sort of gathering and you've got all kinds of walks of life with people that are from novices to drinking to people that are hardcore, and you wanna you wanna have everybody feeling good and feeling happy, you can't come out and give them hundred proof moonshine and say, hey, let's all have fun, because people go, fucking, you're burning my mouth. I'm not doing this. This is to be. This is the whiskey that you can open up, and everybody in the room can enjoy it. Yeah, that was the whole freaking point. And so, what happens is, though, like what you just said, for you, it feels a little sweet, but there, it's dangerous in the fact that you don't realize all of a sudden I drank a bottle of this because it's so easy to drink. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to be careful with Guajol because it's too damn easy. It's, yeah, it's not like that. It's it's sweet. It's not. It's su- it's like it's. Uh... The edges off of it. It's like it has. It's like it's. A, it has a tiny bit of a feeling like it's a mixture. What's the already. proof? Is it eighty? It's eighty. Okay. And and you can tell. So I know that I'm feeling because we've had a few now. Is that it is a really nice high. Like it's not the kind of like where you're drunk and you feel like you. you, you I don't feel sluggish right yeah, now. You feel like mellow and cool and happy. Then that's what I want to say too about like the overall quality for me is like how I feel after it. I don't feel like I'm uh, sluggish and ridiculous right now. You know what I mean? Like. I enjoy drinking it, and it doesn't screw me up a lot. It's it's pleasurable. It's nice. I really like it. Thank you. But it does screw you up enough. Yeah. That's what you. Well, want. yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, I'm gonna drink some more. Drink some whiskey. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna drink some more and get more screwed up. Well, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. then and then I'm gonna get that butt plug away from you. <laughs> yeah. Just spit on it before. No. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I screwed up your your whiskey bottle there, brother. Oh, no, it's all good. We'll, we'll figure out how to get that in the show one of these days. <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm having a good time because I, I like, I, right, I'm the brand owner, right? If I can, if I can kind you of can fuck with talk shit about that, that yeah, why it, yeah. not, you know? I'm, I've got a bit of the uh, UFC in me. What's, uh, <laughs> what's, what's your favorite, what's your favorite whiskey outside of yours, obviously? Uh, so you know what I was drinking before I, before, I'm trying to get a feel for your taste. Yeah, yeah. That's before I came up with this, I was drinking uh, Crown Royal Black. Okay. So uh, is is that mesquite? Mesquite? No, it's um, it is the it's crown. So I like Crown Royal, but uh, Crown Royal Black is aged longer and a little bit smoother. Yeah, and it is uh, it's, it's gentleman Jack and Jack and Crown Royal is sweet. So, but I but I can tell you, like when Crown Royal started coming out with uh, uh, what were they coming with Green Apple, Apple and and the, what's the other one? A maple. Yeah, I'm not I, really I hated life. them. I hated them. And I thought, man, I like that brand, but I hate their their sweet whiskeys. Mm. So when I did this, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to. That's not like when you. That's not what this is. This is not sweet whiskey. It does not have fucking maple syrup or anything like that. But I do like the black because the black is a little stronger. 
but yet a little bit smoother than regular Crown Royal. But see, I like to drink whiskey just straight on the over ice. I'll have to try that because I, I think I drank uh, Crown Royal Mesquite. I don't know. I've never had that. And I thought I thought that nah, no. I, I, I wasn't vibing with it. No. Um, I can do Crown Royal, but uh, I think Crown Royal tends to be a little bit sweet. I do enjoy it, but I I like I. I drift more towards the bourbon, right? Yeah. Like the the like, I wanted to to kick you in the balls and then like you know rub your back at the end. <laughs> uh, I like Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Woodford Reserve. Yeah, is great. Woodford is good. Um, so I I kind of drank I've drank all whiskeys. I like all whiskeys. I just don't like Scotch. I don't for some reason I've never liked Scotch. He's a Scotch. Gator's a Scotch guy. I like I like J and B Scotch. <laughs> J and B's a little bit. Something about scotch water, like, a little ice, maybe it's okay. You so, know, scotch I'll, feels sometimes like I'm drinking some some cardboards in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'm I not a scotch person. I don't. I'm like, not. I'm I don't like most scotches. Like most scotches that are out there, I don't like them. I have stumbled across like just pure accident. I have stumbled across a couple of scotches that were like, damn, that shit is really good. But it was, you know, for the most part, not a scotch fan. Also, you brought up uh, UFC just in brief. Have you had the uh, proper twelve? Oh, it's terrible. No. The Is Conor, that Dana White? Conor, Conor McGregor's. Oh, Conor whiskey. McGregor. Yeah. Oh, Dana White just came out with one called uh, Howlerhead. Yeah, it's, it's a not, banana whiskey. It's not good either. It's it, it, <laughs> nothing <laughs> as good as Grushel. But but it's made at the same distillery as mine. It's just they use his flavor profile. But he didn't know oh, what he was doing. He yeah, didn't come up with a good he one. He fucked it up. Yeah. How are you going to make that? But the same distillery makes it. Uh, as mine, so I'm with these guys. So let's let's talk about talk about Jack Daniels and the history and how they're yeah. Let's do this it. this company that that I contracted this is called Green River Spirits. They've been around since the 1800s as well, just like Jack. They had the tenth uh, of the first uh, liquor license ever given to companies in America. Yeah. They had the tenth one. Wow, that's how old they are. This just they didn't go for the same kind of kind of mass production that that Jack did. And then they got into making uh, spirits for other companies, which is how I ended up with them. But they've been around just as long, and they know what they're doing. And they've got all kinds of brands out there that you guys wouldn't know that that the owners of them contract the same people that I do. But I will tell you, I just was in Fredericksburg looking at property because we're going to build our own distillery. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yes. Oh, man. And, and it's going to be in a property where there's all kinds of fucking fun things to do. Go to the distillery. Go to my American you Badass Cafe. Range. A skeet shooting range. Scoot, skeet, well, skeet listen, shooting. Duck hunting. Do, you got duck hunting. Come I want to do man. bowling and skeet, and if somebody bowls a gutter, you shoot them. That works. Sure. You gotta can, whiskey, can we race too, go-karts? Right? Is there a titty bar? All right, let's yeah. get straight to the chase. Wait a minute. <laughs> I got to have tourist trade, brother. I can't, I can't be tittying it up. No, no, you won't get the right crowd. No, that's the no. secret door. You gotta be Listen, on the list. We, to we, get in we the back, think we can yeah. build a distillery that becomes a tourist destination because I can't, I can't reveal everything to you now. But sure, I'm working yeah. on something that could fucking change. Oh no, we're getting exclusive. I want to dig deeper. What's going on dude, in Fredericksburg, dude? dude my lawyers uh, cannot uh, let me do this. Oh fuck, uh, lawyers! I don't have any fucking lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But I don't but, even like lawyers. I am working with a developer that's done huge billion dollar projects and we're working on something wow. i'll let you guys know but he's asked me to please not do it because we don't want somebody else going on there snatching up our land and our idea yeah yeah no, totally yeah. yeah and i just trademarked All something right. which i'll tell you about later which you will love we can yeah we can do that off the air let's let's shift gears straight dicks and buttholes y'all ready uh, so uh this is a, this is our bread and butter right here uh <laughs> oh, God, a dude is suing twitch 
because apparently there's too many thoughts and now he's got a porn addiction and he thinks it's unfair. He thinks he's been, uh, you know, manipulated. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I think it's unfair too. I'm going to side with the guy. I think it's unfair. I, so tell me the story. I don't know the whole deal. He, he so apparently he has a porn addiction. You're familiar with Twitch? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with Twitch, but but how does that make somebody addicted to porn? Well, girls are jumping up and down channel. Yeah, there's all the. I, I know, but addiction is like anything else. You're responsible for your own shit. Hey, that's yeah. the that's the question at hand, right? Well, go ahead. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, do, yeah. So, how do we feel about this guy? Is is uh, his porn addiction Twitch's fault, or do we have to turn that? And that's what he's suing like Twitch based on. That yeah. his that it's their responsibility. No, but if he wins, good for him. <laughs> you think so? Uh, no. <laughs> wait, no. Wait, wait, that's a really wait. shitty perspective. Here's, here's, here's one of those real life stories I got to throw out there again for you guys, which you'll love. I'm probably 12 years old, right? And I'm in my neighborhood, and it's some sort of like late afternoon deal, and it was like a Sunday, nobody's around, and somebody had driven by or was in their house, and they threw out some trash, and they were like. 80 porn mags that were on the sidewalk. Hold on. So I'm walking home from school one day. I'm probably like 12 years old. And I, I see like a, a trail going into the woods. And this is my neighborhood, right? I'm walking home. So I'm like, okay, let's go down this trail. I find a, a tent that uh, obviously, a, you know, someone, someone was passing through. And they weren't there at the time. There were empty beer cans everywhere. But the real score was all of the porno magazines left, that were left, left out. Right. So, so you'll be able and to that's relate. how we used to have to find porn. We used to not be able to look it up on yeah, our. There phone. was no damn internet, <laughs> man. We had to fucking go out in the forest and find old porn. <laughs> Take the school bus and beat off. You ever beat off in a hot school bus? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> we have squirrels up there. That's porn. No. No. But listen. That when I found the porn at 12 years old, I took it in my basement and I was in hog heaven, man. I'm seeing everything I'd never seen but wanted to see and it's all going yeah. on. And I'm learning about sex and vaginas and titties and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm like ferocious about this, right? Because when you're 12, you're, you're getting your first woodies and you're like, you're crazy. You're like, what your is hormones this? are going yeah. nuts, right? So my point is, the guy that threw out the, the, the porn magazines... If I'd have became a porn crazy dude, would he been responsible or would I have been responsible? This is this is the same thing with Twitch. Right? It depends. Is he, it's there. It is he there. A, is he a billion dollar company? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what I, uh, look, look. I'm driving home from a party, and you know this girl starts slobbing my knob, and then her friend who's in the passenger seat starts going at it also. I feel like I need to sue him because, like, right. I mean, my wife can't be two chicks at the same time, right? She just can't. You're ruined, dude. So, like, it's, ne- it's never, dicks? Gonna, it's never going to happen again. <laughs> it's, this, this is her fault. Yeah, it's everybody else's fault but our own. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fuck that guy. How did this guy get a lawyer? I guess he's got a lot of money, man. <laughs> he probably is. A His lawyer. lawyer is Ron Jeremy. He probably is a lawyer. Is the thing is he's probably a lawyer and like, hey. This is a thing. Yeah, this is his way to get out of like his little world that was so cool. And then he was like, oh, I'm a porn guy. So uh, I'm going to say it's somebody else's fault. I'm tired of being an injury lawyer. <laughs> Man, I, I feel like I'm getting old because I keep, I keep coming back to this like, shit's different now. I feel like kids just don't like, these fucking kids need to stay off. Dude, the that's they a weird thing to say. They Dude. don't earn their hangovers, man. They don't earn their hangovers. They don't mow their lawn. They don't pick up their fucking laundry. Like, come on, kids. Grow up a little bit. They don't do shit. God, it has changed a lot. Just just reflecting on the whole uh, wood situation, the bounty of pornography that used to be provided by nature. 
<laughs> yes. I found my, my pornos in the woods. Here's the funny too. Me too. Oh. It's a little weather beaten, but you know, you're like, hey. Oh, you don't let that stop you. And let me ask you this. <laughs> and the pages that stick together. Yeah. Like, Why are the pages stuck together? Oh, <laughs> I'm so young and naive. I was like, oh, just a rain sticky or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, maple syrup did that. Maybe, it's sticky nature out here. Do y'all remember the uh, the early days of cable television? Scramble porn. When you, you could go to the channel and it would be <laughs> scrambled porn on the TV, but it was like the sound came through perfectly fine. Uh, I was going to say this sound oh my God. obviously it's a, it's about sound right like I'm a sound guy. <laughs> you're an audio guy the, the, because the your mind you know why you're saying that because your mind thinks you can put the images together you can see that dude banging her in your mind but if you hear it it's all real yeah it's all real you just close your eyes and you're right there yeah. <laughs> wow yeah, I'm sure glad I came on this fucking show. It's fun, huh? <laughs> Everybody that here, oh, this guy is making this whiskey and he's really coming up in the world. Now he's on there talking about a porn in the streets. Scramble porn. Scramble, Scramble porn. porn. Oh, man. I'm, I'm so old that we used to have the fucking sets with the rabbit ears and I would try to get the rabbit ears to get the, the, the uh-huh. picture in better so I could see it better. Yep. And I'm watching old shit like fucking uh, comedy shows like Benny Hill where once in a while a titty would get shown and that was like a big thing in my oh life. Oh my god, yeah. A titty. I saw a titty at 10 years old. Woo! There's a titty. That's a titty. Fully, man. Sears, Sears catalog when they show the underwear. I was like, ooh, man. They are real. So this brings me to one of the most important questions that we've asked most of our guests. So I hope you don't get offended here. <laughs> As you can oh. tell, I'm really touchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when separating the art from the artist, who's your favorite pedophile? <laughs> Is that like uh, the question, like, when did you stop beating your wife? Like, what's the right fucking answer? (laughs) No, no, no. So there's no, you got to think of it like this. Like, you you could say, like, well, Michael Jackson made a lot of great music and was a really great entertainer. Maybe he was also a pedophile. What do you mean, maybe? He said, (laughs) I mean, maybe, dude. (laughs) I was being nice. I was being nice. No, no, no. You guys are about being real. That dude diddled the shit out of little boys. Yeah. Also, he made a lot of great music. So you could maybe he maybe he might be one of them, right? <laughs> or maybe Shimon. Shimon. Shimon it. He said, little boy, come here and shimon it. Dude. <laughs> I have no I always I always go back to like <laughs> Remix to Ignition is one of the yeah, best R songs Kelly. that's ever been made. R it, Kelly, it breaks my heart that Kelly. that guy did it, but god damn that's a good song. It's fucking fire. Right now, guys. Go listen to Remix to Ignition. Tell me it didn't fire. <laughs> it, just you know what? Don't you find when you have some affinity for something, whether it's music or an actor or an art or some, what, some other shit, and then you find out the worst thing about that fucking person, right. and then you try to reconcile in your mind, do I still like his shit? Because I know he's a piece of shit, <laughs> yep. but do I let the art live? And yeah. that, that is a hard thing for me to justify. Hey, yeah. Harvey Weinstein did all the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right, just yeah. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. The ugliest dude in the world got all the pussy God world. damn, he's a fucking troll, isn't he? He's a fat fucking old troll. <coughs> Man, he does but, look But these actresses, listen, I'm not one of these Me Too people where I think that just the dude's responsible. I think he put women, and I know that world, he put women in a lot of bad positions who wanted to make a living, but absolutely they're responsible too because you can leave that room and say, I don't need that part that bad. So it's a double-edged sword. He's a piece of shit, but every woman that said, oh, he did these bad things to me, believe me, in the moment, they wanted that fucking part, too. Right. So they got to take some responsibility for that shit. Unless they were held down, t- 
tied down and raped and then didn't tell anybody. Like, why would you not tell me if you if a, co- a crime was committed? They were part of it too. He's and, a and I don't want women. I don't wait. He's a jello pudding guy. I don't want women to think that I think women are bad in that way. But I'm saying let's all be responsible for our own actions. actions. Yeah, yep. I, I yeah. totally agree, man. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference there between the guy that's doing Twitch, right? Like, yeah. He, he's not taking any responsibility for anything he did. He's, just, he's passing he the book. Right. Yeah. Right. And nobody told that guy to, to beat off to Twitch. You know what I mean? Nobody fucking forced him to look at the... Well, didn't like, Twitch tell him to? Isn't that what he's saying? Well, they just gave him the, the opportunity. That's all. Dude, it's the smoking ads, right? Like when they went after Joe Camel, you know? Oh, man. I quit smoking cigarettes after Joe Camel went away. Dude, uh, well, yeah. Look at they were created a cartoon character for kids. <laughs> yeah. Joe Camel. He's yeah. cool, man. He, he was, was cool, cool as fuck, though. Come he on. was, dude, with his sunglasses, <laughs> his leather jacket, dude. dude. The Marlboro dude died of lung cancer. I mean, come on, that's the worst advertising in the world. Yeah, yeah. but he's a cowboy. He's yeah. a cowboy. Hindsight's I'm a steel horse, I ride. Yeah. Because I'm wanted. Wanted. Dead or alive. Boom, we're singing. Man. Man, man that was good. Dude, All right, we're going to have to take drunkenness up a little bit. Yeah. We're, dude, singing. we're singing yeah. on the vlog we're going to do an after hours, do some karaoke. <laughs> okay, favorite karaoke song? Oh. Ooh. Ooh, Shaken, Eddie Money. Mm. Right? I love that song. That's a great I song. I need to borrow that. Dude. She was shaking. Ah. Uh, snapping her fingers. Ooh, oh, oh. She was moving yeah, round and round and round. That okay. girl was shaking. Okay, next up. Favorite uh, karaoke. Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie, Hootie Blue what fish? Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> she sits alone by a lamppost. Let her cry. That's a hard one to sing, though. It's a hard one to sing. Yeah, but I want to get to the I want to get to the fucking uh, Let chorus. her cry. Let the tears fall down like rain. Yeah, yeah. love it. All right, dude. Oh, you're good. up, Chris. Uh, man, this is a hard one. Yours is George Strait, you dumb motherfucker. No, it's not. <laughs> I know better than that shit. Ain't nobody can sing like. Ain't George. nobody can sing George Strait, <laughs> dude. One time I was I was uh, I was at a karaoke bar and we were doing karaoke and it oh god damn it what was it uh, Jet Joan Jet? It's just a kiss on her lips and I was on my knees. Yeah, cold hearted bitch. Just, you know that song? Yeah, yeah. He's so. This it was a it was a dude that I that I went to school with and I didn't know that he had this in him but he started singing that song and he was like running up and down between the tables and like <laughs> high fiving people and like jumping on top of like dude he was go- jumping on the bar like he was going hard and nobody fucking like he was so about it that nobody stopped him he was just a fucking rock star yeah. in the moment in karaoke cold hearted bitch it's just a kiss on her lips and I was on my knees you know that song yep. I, know that I don't one. know that song. Oh, man. Do you know that song? Uh, no, I don't know that song, but I'd like to hear it now. Especially, I want to see the video of your crazy friend running through the freaking audience. Oh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Was that at Fowler's? Listen. It was. It was don't you agree if you're going to do karaoke, like, don't try to be a professional, like, don't act like an asshole. Just go for it. If you fuck it up, that's part it's of gotta your It's got to be a song that you value. like. It's got to be a song that you like. You have to vibe with it. Like, you have to vibe with it, but yeah. you also got to not care. So yeah. I have an uncle. I have, have an uncle that's care. in sales, and he's really good at it. Really good at it. This is a motherfucker that like. One time, me and Chris pulled up to a to a like family, or I'll say an uncle cousin function. It wasn't like a family event. There wasn't kids there, but uh, we pulled up. We were doing what, Chris? A hundred miles an hour in the in the Kia. 
Yeah. And the cops <laughs> pulled fast up. As it go. They pulled up behind us, right? And so we stopped. And we were going fast, so we we whip it into the the parking lot. We get out. We try to like throw all the booze in the in the bushes, you know. And the cop pulls up and blocks us so that we can't back out. And we're, now we're standing at the front of the car, like I don't know what. And uh, he gets out and he shines his flashlight. And I was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And my uncle walks out, stone cold sober, stone cold. And he was just like, Hey, man, what's going on? How's it going? And he starts talking to him. And he fucking I don't know how, but we we went inside and the cop left. <laughs> that, that's how that story ends. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason for it. He's just a fucking salesman. He is. We're driving to to go skiing, right? Cop pulls us over at two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, "Any any uh, weapons or firearms in the truck or in the, yeah?" And he turns around. He looks at us and he's like, "Well, there's one, two, three. There's five of us, so probably five, five firearms." And my dad leans over and he's like, uh, I have two. And he's like, all right, six firearms. There's six firearms in the truck. Again, we're fucking let go. Anyway, all right. So my uncle is a salesman. He's a salesman at heart. Uh, his theory is if you want to be a great salesman, you have to do two things. One of them is you have to sing karaoke sober, right? And then the other one is you have to watch Tommy Boy. You know that movie Tommy Boy? Yeah, Chris man, Farley? I love Tommy Boy. Uh, and that's how you'll learn how to how to be a, a salesman. If you can do those two things. You can get a good look at a steak by shoving your head up a butcher's ass. <laughs> but it has to be durable. <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> so, yeah, that's his whole theory. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What is the uh, character sober? That you have the balls to do it? Yeah, well, it's it's something about sell that. it. You got to sell the. Moment. You got to sell it. You got to. Yeah. It's the presence. And like, you don't have the. And if you're drunk, you have no inhibitions, anyways. Who cares? But yeah. if you're sober, can you sell it? Can you sell sober karaoke and then watch Tom and not and not have a great that's voice? Right. That's the deal. Yeah. Because if you have a great voice, you can fucking sing. Who cares, right? Yeah. But if you suck, true. and then you can sell it, and people still like it. Now you're selling. Now you're selling. Now you're selling. Hey. Why are you motherfuckers not doing a shot of my whiskey? Let's go. Let's do a shot. Boom. Pour them up. Where is it? Over right there. It's almost gone. Oh, we're gonna drink. Well, two, we're gonna drink two bottles. The four of us right drank now. this, and uh, and our you got the top on there, homeboy. I think you've had a couple. <laughs> he just tried to pour the bottle with the cork in. Listen, it's hard to tell, man. It's so fun. Listen, shall we say that we started with five people and we've already lost one? I mean, we've already knocked one out of the ballpark here. Yeah. So, so the four of us have killed this bottle, not five, which we started with, <laughs> but but uh, that's pretty quick. But uh, listen, this is the thing about garage oil. It's that easy to drink. It really is. It's very, very enjoyable, very pleasant. And, and listen, I know I know that there's a hardcore part of or your guys' style of, of whiskey drinking, but you got to imagine, too, there's also a really pleasant thing about just sitting with some folks and having a nice glass of something, some sort of liquor Oh, that's you what we're enjoy. about. And, and it, it's, it's really great that... Uh... Your, your brand is Garage Oil American Badass Whiskey, right? So it starts with Garage Oil. So we started in the garage. That's how we started this podcast. And even to take it back further, uh, you and I sat in an Uber at some point together years ago, and we both had a vision. We both had a dream. And now here we sit, and both of our dreams are becoming reality. So, so listen, I, I want to I make a cheers, cheers. to that. I want to make a cheers Man, to that. Man, this is so cool. Toast to that, brother. It's great to hang out with you finally. And, and let me tell you cool this. Man. I remember the business card you gave me. It had a very colorful card. I think it was that, right? On the, that's on here? Yep. Yep. So I remember that business card, and I remember you saying, we've just started this whiskey podcast, and I'm thinking to myself, this is where I, as I 
create this whiskey, right? I need to be on these kinds of platforms. I need to be out there in these kinds of situations. And I thought to myself how interesting it was that I was starting the SID. And at the time, I had no uh, investment money. I had I didn't have the flavor profile down. I had this dream to do it, right? And that's where it, you've got to have the fucking dream. Yeah. That, nothing else happens. But it, you're exactly right. When you said we just started this thing, and I'm saying I'm just starting this whiskey company, and now look, you guys have been doing this for three years. You're building an audience, and I've just started. Actually, took me three years to produce this, and now we're here, and we're sitting in this room drinking this bottle. That when you were drunk ass crazy people in my Uber, and I was poor shit getting thrown out of my apartment. Now we're here, and my company is popping. I'm on NASCAR, and you guys have this fucking really cool situation you've created with your podcast. Life can be fucking exciting and good, brother. But you man. just gotta survive the shit. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, that's hey, awesome, listen. man. Hey, hey where where can they find you? So on my website, there is a link that says "Get you some." Go on there, and I've listed Where's all. Your website? Uh, GarageOldSpirits.com. There you go. On there, there's a list of every liquor store and bar that's carrying it right now, and it's it's like forty some, and there's a bunch more coming. So they can go there and find it. I can't list all of them because I'd take 40 fucking you know, yeah, deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a bunch of places already and uh, and more coming along. You just had a big conference call with West Texas Today. There's a company out there called Pinkies. They've got the market out there on the liquor stores. I just had a conference call with the owners. We'll be in West Texas soon, all over that market. We're going to grow, brother. I've got a store carrying it in California already. Uh, Colorado's coming. Florida's coming. Uh, Arizona's coming. We're going to start popping, homeboy. Hey, man. We're gonna put you on our website too, if if you don't mind. That yeah, we're, you'll be. Do I need to, to wear clothes for that? No, we're not gonna put no. you. Oh, no, and we'll send up the people pay for that. Right? Yeah, we'll send you guys, up the payment. You guys, guys to be a Patreon level. You guys in podcast land, you don't know that they make you come in this fucking studio and get naked, man. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. nude. <laughs> hey, we're all naked. Look, we're trying to we're trying to break through barriers here. We're trying to get to the real. Well, you know? I noticed the bottle you got up there. With the- man, he gave away our secret. People never knew that we were naked on this show. <laughs> God, they don't call him Gator for nothing. Jump, jump. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Guys, the Whiskey and Wizards website is up. It's whiskeyandwizardspodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show, there's links to our Patreon account with pledges starting at just $1 a month. At whiskeyandwizardspodcast.com, you can also find links to the show no matter how you choose to listen on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Pandora, Audible, everywhere. So look us up. There's also live feeds to our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're on the That's Not Canon Network. There's tons of great podcasts, no matter what you like to listen to. Most importantly, if you made it this far in the show, you're a bad motherfucker, right? Wait, what do our glasses say? Team Badass. You're, team, team, you're on Team Badass. Team Hell Badass. Yeah. Team Badass. Go to our website, whiskeyandwhiskerspodcast.com, and click that bad motherfucker link. Your donations, it's what keeps the show going. It's what allows us to keep bringing that fire, so... Uh, Keep making you laugh. You know, like, go to our website, click the link, <laughs> Fuck you, Gator. Keep making you laugh. As long as they make you laugh, it's all good, right? That's all that matters. Just go to the website. That's why I'm here. Yeah, go to the website. Good. There's some perks there, too, once you become a member, so go see what's up. Go to whiskeyandwhiskerspodcast.com. Donate to our Patreon. New episodes every Monday. New content all the time. We'll see, see you next week. week. Later!